he's my miracle child. I've had 10 miscarriages.
Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the bridge. Revival night. Won't you stand and join us?
Good evening. How well did the psalmist say, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doeth he meditate both day and night. Some would suggest that that Hebrew word for meditate is where we get our phrase, chew the cud. The descriptive term of a cow when she eats her food and having two stomachs, she'll chew it the first time and swallow it and get nutrients out of it and then she'll regurgitate it. Chew on it some more and right. swallow it and right. all of this in order just to get what she can get out of it. And the psalmist said, the blessed man, the happy man is he that meditates on the law of the Lord who chews on the word of God, swallows it and regurgitates it swallows it and gets a little more out of it and regurgitates it again. I sent Preacher Shane a message yesterday evening, a text message. Nobody talks anymore. Anybody notice that? <laughs> sent him a text that I was chewing the cud around 6 o'clock. I got a mouthful yesterday morning. And I don't know about you, but I got some help yesterday morning. And I was chewing the cud all afternoon. And listen, I, I thought I'd got all I could get. And then last night, John and I were was carrying our youngest son, Gabriel, to meet a friend of his to go coon hunting. And we're riding down the road, and apparently Gabriel's been chewing the cud too. Because he said, Mama, I just want to thank you that when I was out there in the far country, you didn't give up on me. Boy, God done something in my heart. A few minutes later, he said, Daddy, I just want to thank you that you fattened up the calf before I come home. just the road just a little bit more and he said boy I need to call my sister he said I need to thank her for carrying the load when I was down there in the far country <laughs> I don't know if anybody else got any help but boy I sure got some help chewing the cud last night amen right. yeah. hallelujah yeah. preacher if nobody else gets any help I done got some help this week amen. hallelujah well, maybe you ain't never had somebody that you love and care about down there in the far country. Boy, I'm glad for a mother-in-law when a grandma didn't give up on me when I was down there. Amen. Yeah. 
for a daddy. He didn't just throw in the towel, but he fattened up the calf and was standing there with open arms when I come back home. Boy, I'm telling you, that stuff will preach. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God. Boy, the enemy's working hard. Why are you so quiet tonight? We want to be praying especially for this family and our community. Um, one of our high school seniors at West Brunswick, one of our football players, his brother fell, if you don't, aren't aware already, his brother fell off of a boat or actually jumped in, I think, maybe to help his uncle who had went before. Is that right, Billy? Okay. Um, but a mother in our community watched both of her sons drown to death yesterday. Um, so we certainly want to be praying for that mother. I tell you, life has a way of throwing stuff at you that you just got more questions than you got answers for. Amen? Yeah. But what a, what a time. Um, there's going to be a lot of our young people, our football players and his friends and family members with questions. And while we don't have answers for all of the questions, we can, we can point them to the God that provides a peace yeah. that passes all understanding. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, we are just so grateful, Lord, for the very privilege to be able to come in again to the house of God, to be able to gather again with the people of God around the word of God. And Father, we are so thankful for the help that we got around here just yesterday. But Lord, we're believing that you've got something for us to chew on this evening. And we pray for Pastor Shane as he comes to open up that blessed book and share with us from the word of God. Lord, that you'd open up our hearts and our minds to be receptive to truth. Pray, Father, that it not only changes, it challenges from the inside out. Help us, God, to become more like Christ today than what we were yesterday. Father, we pray for this dear mother that's lost her, Lord, not only one son, but two children on Mother's Day. And God, we pray that you'd give her a comfort and a peace in her heart that only you can provide in a time like this. God, that you'd be with this entire family and this community and, Lord, his teammates and his friends and his classmates, those that he goes to school with, his coaches and their staff. And, God, that you would just use this as an opportunity to draw men, women, boys, and girls to the foot of the cross where they can find hope even in times like this. God, we just pray that you would uh, speak to us in a special way tonight. Open up our hearts. Give us ears to hears. And hearts to obey. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. amen. And amen. Come on, Shane. Well, I, I, I think I feel a little bit more at ease. Why God had me studying so much today I told the brother back there 4.30 after about the fifth message every time I thought I was done I'd be back praying and studying I, I, I guess I know why now and uh, I want to do my best to mind the Lord today and uh, boy I'm telling you I know that it, it is hard my wife it wouldn't, I don't know if she can handle losing too 
Uh, it's rough enough not to, ha to have one in the far country. Yeah. It'd be rough to have one gone. And uh, I sure am glad I'm saved tonight. I'm glad I'm heaven bound with the hammer down. Let's all stand, if you will, and you take your Bible. Look with me, if you will, in the book of uh, Luke, the Gospel of Luke, in chapter 5. I'll begin reading as I, after I pray. We'll be looking in verse uh, uh, 17 down through the end of uh, the latter part of verse number 26. And so Luke chapter number 5, verse 17 through 26, the Lord willing to be our text. Boy, isn't it good to know we have a God that can comfort he was in the recycling business before this crowd in the world ever got into it. He said, I've comforted you, and that same comfort that I've comforted you with, I want you to take and recycle that and comfort others with it. Boy, I'm so glad he's the God of all comfort. Amen. Father, we love you today. Pray, God, and we plead the blood. Ask God that you forgive us and purify our vessel tonight. God, help us to be uh, a mouthpiece that, that you might preach from yonder's world through our mouth. Lord, let, let this vessel be purified and clean and filled with the Holy Ghost. Lord, we can't uh, do anything of self. We don't have any power or personality. Uh, we need the power of the Holy Ghost to preach through us. We pray, God, that you'd help us to feed the sheep and help the children of God that's here today. Lord, I know what this crowd needs. I know what I need. I know what the church as a whole needs is the presence of God. And we just pray, God, that you would show up and minister to every heart that's here tonight. Help me, God, to be an encouragement. Thank you, Lord, for answered prayer. We know, God, that you're abundantly able to save sinners and touch saints and get glory out of it all. Help us to get little and that you'll get big and we'll all get happy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'll read my text. You can be seated. Look in Luke chapter number 5 and verse number 17. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee, Judea and Jerusalem, the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Behold, two men brought in a bed a man and behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with a palsy. They sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop. <laughs> Whoo, that makes me happy. And let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, right. he said unto him, right. Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. Yeah. Right, and the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? I want us to have a foghorn, one of them mega horns that speak back through time, say, hello, you're looking at him, amen. <laughs> but when Jesus perceived their uh, thoughts, he answered and said unto them, what reason ye in your heart? Whether is it easier to say thy sins be forgiven thee or to say rise up and walk, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins, he said unto the sick of the palsy, I'll send to thee, Arise, and take up thy couch, and go into thine house. 
And immediately he rose up before them, took up that whereon he lay, departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. You can be seated. Father, I want to pause one more time in the presence of God and all this crowd to say, God, if you'll do the preaching today, we'll get what we need. Pray, God, you'd forgive me where I fail. You cleanse me now, empower me with unction from on high in Jesus' name. Amen. If the Lord would help me just for a little while tonight, I want to share with you the thought I think it's turning into this week as we look Sunday at the elder brother in a different light than I'd ever seen him before. When I first saw that jumping off the page, it seemed strange to honor a man that we've been used to dishonoring. And in fact, I texted the preacher last night and said, brother, I, I was busted in my spirit when I realized I was in fact a Pharisee. We're always calling him a Pharisee. We don't understand things that's going on in people's lives. Sometimes we say they act strange. Well, I think that this week seems to be, uh, with what the Lord's putting on my heart for the rest of the week, it seems we're looking at some paradox of, of the precepts, some strange things in Holy Scripture. In fact, if you'll look with me in our text in verse 26, the Bible says we have seen strange things today. Strange things in Scripture is what I'm preaching on tonight. Why does things seem strange? In seeing things strange, they may be simple Bible truths. Maybe things sometimes feel strange because we're estranged. Maybe if we look at things from his point of view, I'm reminded of the psalmist. I, I love quoting this text in Psalms. The, the psalmist says, Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. There will be many that say, uh, who will show us any good thing? Lord, we're looking around, and these lines at the gas pump, uh, these folks everywhere in a mess financially, uh, and we're trying to say, is there any good thing going on around us? Lord, we're looking at it from the wrong perspective. Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon. Help us to see things a little clearly. And I think the reason sometimes simple things feel or look strange is because we're not used to seeing them. There were things most believers would expect. I've only read just a few verses in Luke chapter 5 and verse 17 through 26. If you'll stay with me, I'm about, I'm just about to see the sky clearing up to get to preaching weather. I, I feel like that we're right where we need to be tonight. I think as struggling all day long, I feel like we're living in strange times. I, I think what what I'm scared about is what this crowd thought was strange should have been familiar. It ought to be commonplace 
when it gets on down at the house of God. It ought to be strange when we come in and it's dead and dried up. Somebody say amen. I told my church one time I got to preaching. Man, I was having myself a time. I was wondering, when I was in my study, by that point, I done saw three people running the aisles, and it was dead, and everybody looked like they was yawning. I said, hold up, Justin. Go check outside. Did we take a wrong turn and end up at Petty's Mortuary? I think we must have went to the wrong place today. Hey, it's about to get normal. When it gets, but when we get beside ourselves, when it gets out the banks, it's about to get normal. I, what scares me is what scares me, and what I fear is what they saw strange is almost becoming strange in our day. Stay with me right now. Look with me, if you will, back in the text in verse 17. We'll try to unpack the text, walk through the text. and Lord willing, I believe if, if we'll stay, pull up close, I feel like God's going to help us tonight. I got some help studying. Hey, man, look what the Bible said in verse number 17. And it came to pass on a certain day. Aren't you glad that this is not just any day? God knew this day was going to be just like this before the world ever was. This is a certain day. Amen. And it might feel like everything's out of control, but I'm glad there's a God that is in control. Hey, man, look at this Bible said on a certain day as he was teaching, there were Pharisees and doctors of the law uh, sitting by, which will come out, uh, notice this, uh, of every country uh, out of a town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and the power of God uh, was present to heal them. I like to say uh, there's some things that shouldn't be, uh, but they're going to say when everything's done, said and done, that we saw strange things today. What was that? Well, number one in verse 17, there was a demonstration of the power of God. Why is it that in our day, in 20 and 21, the power of the Lord being present to heal folks has become strange? We're missing out on the power of God. Most of the time because we're distracted, uh, we're depressed or downtrodden uh, hey, but can I say what this town needs uh, what Capernaum needed uh, what Galilee needed uh, what Judea needed uh, what Jerusalem needed uh, as they needed to see uh, a demonstration of the power of God uh, what this country needs uh, what this church needs uh, what the church as a whole needs uh, is to see the demonstrative power of an almighty God. I was thinking I'm pastoring Landrum and out just right down the road from our town is a little place called Emmons, South Carolina. And in Emmons, South Carolina there's a church there. I won't mention the name. But back in the day Brother Percy Ray went there. And if you know anything about Brother Percy Ray I'll just say this about him. I know a man that said he sent his son in one day to get Brother Percy Ray to come to supper. And when he went in, Brother Percy
Jesse Ray was praying and his feet wasn't on the ground. You say, I don't believe that. Well, that's why you don't get blessed. You don't believe nothing. Say amen. But I'm going to tell you, old brother Percy Ray was a man of God. Had to touch a God on him. And this is what he said. Lord, this crowd's dead. This church is dead. This revival's dead. And I'm about ready to think I'm dead. I'll do anything, go anywhere. Just help me to see the glory. I'll break through this deadness. I'll do something mighty in in South Carolina. Well, God said, I want you to get up and shout until I stay I stay you from shouting. He's, he's argued with the Lord for 30 minutes and finally come out of the prayer room and he said, he shouted, somebody timed it for an hour and 39 minutes. He didn't do nothing but shout and get in the God say, Whoa! For an hour and 39 minutes. They said in the process of that hour and 39 minutes, that folk, the power of God got so real that over a hundred people got saved and born again revival. I stirred that crowd. And they were folks from leadership down to the newest person that got saved that day. Hey, church, here's what I'm saying. What we need today, what this town needs, what this county needs, what them family needs, what them folks hurting, what the church, what I need, what my boys need is to see the power and the demonstration of a holy God. Say amen. We've got the same power, privileges, and promises. The only thing we're missing out is trusting God for it. Amen. I told some. I told him up there. I was struggling all day. Had four messages. Thought I was going to be preaching, and God kept changing it on me. At four thirty, I said, "Dear Lord, I, I, surely that's it." My wife said, "What's wrong?" I said, "Baby, God's changed the message. I'm just saying, surely that one's it, Lord. I, surely that's the one you want." But you know what it was, brother? I just had. To to get where I needed to be to line up where he was always at and what it, what the problem is uh, hey if God told me I'd read the text and got done praying and say quit we're going somewhere else I'm not a bit ashamed to admit uh, I need God I can't live without him I can't preach without him we can sing all the notes have all the instrument talents but if God don't get on it it's not going to do anything I'm not looking to entertain I'm looking to enjoy the fact Thanks of God, would you say amen? Oh man, would to God, hallelujah, we'd see his presence. It's going to change the town, amen. His presence will change the town. But I'll tell you what, according to Mark chapter number 2, the same story in Mark's account, the Holy Ghost had him pin down some details that Luke didn't tell us. And according to Mark chapter 2, the Bible said Jesus preached the word. Amen. His presence will change the town. Say amen. But his preaching will charge the crowd. Amen. I thank God for preaching. Every good thing that's ever happened to me has come by way of preaching. I got saved because of preaching. I thank God. Hallelujah. Amen. I got called to preach through an old man of God preaching. I thank God for preaching. It's what will help our young people. Amen. It'll help our community. Thank God is preaching. Amen. Charge the crowd. It got noise to bring 
thought that Jesus is in the house. It'll not only change the town, it'll change your house and my house. It'll change your home and my home. It'll change your life and my life. And if we'll get under preaching and listen to preaching, I'll tell you, God will change us and mold us and shape us for he has predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son. How does he make that happen? He gave preachers and teachers and apostles and evangelists, amen, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till what, preacher? Till we all come together in the unity of the faith and till we all become perfect and mature and thank God for preaching. It'll charge your battery, amen. Amen. His preaching charged the crowd. Amen. Amen. It pardoned. It, his pardoning, amen, changed the sinner. <laughs> Boy, ain't you glad one day he came where you was and the power of God was present and you got under conviction. Amen. And God got a hold of your heart. You got born again. Hey, listen, I went to church that day just to get mama to shut up. I was tired of her bothering me. That's Michelle's mama. She's coming down here on Wednesday. I wish to God she could come. Man, I'm talking about love God and she wasn't she I, I, brother Frank here's the truth I know your boy goes to Holly Springs I'd sitting over there brother Wade Huntley I helped build the church when I was a little boy and uh, I, I knew him enough to know where the church was I told my mom I said my mom I'm going to church I scared to lie to her had too much God and so we would get together we'd go touch the steps and turn around and go back to the car she'd call I said yep we went to church we did <laughs> Right, would y'all agree? I went to church. I never said I went in. I said I went to church. I don't know if the Holy Ghost told on me or something, but I'm telling you, she said, no, I want you to come to our church. I'll never forget the first time I went in. Hey, man, I, I preached a message one time on this thought. I, I, I went to church that day. I saw people get crazy. I didn't know you could enjoy being saved. I grew up in a dead church. I thought you went to church to get a good nap. I didn't know I didn't know why you went to I didn't know you could actually have fun and enjoy being at the house of God. Hey, man, I feel like I got a horse to ride. Are y'all listening to this preacher? I'm telling you, I went, I went in that day. Hey, man, I preached this message right here on that day. I'm going to heaven on my good looks. I know y'all look at me and say, no. I got a good look at my sin. I got a good look at the scriptures. I got a good look at the Savior. <laughs> I got a good look at saints. I saw folks testifying and bragging on God. She didn't even know I was there. I knew I didn't have the same thing she had. God got a hold of me. Hey, Amen, and I loved it. I didn't go to get saved, but God knew I was coming and saved me. Here's what was going on. The power of God was being demonstrated, and saints were rejoicing. Sinners were repenting, and the Savior, he was rejoicing in all of it, and the angels up yonder was trying to get in on what we was experiencing. Woo! Hey man, let's call recess and shout. Hey man. Woo! Hey man, recess is my favorite subject in school anyway. Hey man. 
thank God, hallelujah, I got a good look at my mess that day. I got saved that day. Why? Because I was confronted with the power of God. The power of God was present to heal. How many of you know somebody that needs a physical healing? Can you say amen? How many of you know, and I know there's a crowd, knows there's a crowd out there that needs a spiritual healing, needs to be saved. How oh my God, how mercy. I'm going to tell you, our job ain't to save them. Our job's to, and so winning is to sow seeds and weep and pray that God gives the increase. Here's what we do in fishermen's terms. We stock the pond and the Holy Ghost fishes them out. Say amen. That's exactly what happens. We just stock the pond and God lets them get hooked. Amen. Help us, Lord. God, help us. We need to see the power of God. You say, preacher, wait a minute now. Has God done that? Has God done different things with the same word before he sure has. I, I want you to know something. Sometimes we miss the power of God because, like yesterday, we have selfish motives. I want you to take your Bible, go back with me in Luke chapter number, I mean in Mark chapter number 10. Go back with me just a few places in Mark chapter number 10, probably about 30 pages or so in your Bible. Look with me. I, now, y'all know this, and I don't know if God's going to let me get to preach this here, but the Lord let me preach a message one time on the end of Mark on, on blind Bartimaeus. I entitled it, When B.B. Got Better. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Well, that's the latter part. Y'all remember what he asked blind Barnabas? Notice with me. Look at the latter part in Mark chapter number 10. And, and notice what he says. In Mark chapter number 10 and in verse number 51. Notice, Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? Blind Bartimaeus had called out for him. He heard the crowd saying, Jesus of Nazareth passeth by. That was a derogatory statement. That, that was a slant on his character. Nothing good comes out of Nazareth. Remember, Nicodemus said that. And they were, it was a slant to his humanity. Uh, but he didn't say that. Blind Bartimaeus says, Thou son of David. <laughs> that messianic title. I know what they say, but I know in my heart who you really are. He said, and the Lord said, uh, the Lord had him called, and then the Lord wrote a blank check. He said, I'm going to sign my name. Just fill in. What wilt thou that I should do unto you? Here's what our problem is. God done gave us a blank check. And we're too selfish to fill it in the right way. He could have said, I want some money, but he wasn't interested in coins. He was interested in conversion. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't interested in getting something in his cup. He was interested in seeing something with his eyes. Amen. Notice he said that, what wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And verse 51, but that ain't the first time in the chapter. Go back with me. This is going to blow your mind. Look in, in chapter 10 and verse 36. James and John had come to him. They're trying to get a, they're trying to be selfish like folks we all get sometimes. And they said, Lord, we want the left side and the right side. We want to make sure we have places of authority and leadership. And look in verse number 36. And he said unto them, What would ye that I should do for you? That's the same question. 
they could have got anything in his glory that they could have Lord we want, to, we want to walk in the fullness of the Holy Ghost we want to feel the touch of God we want to glow like Moses did when we, we want a double portion like a light Lord we want to get in a, we want the presence of God to be on us that when we walk in the room that we go to arcing off somebody else and it's like going to one of them substations you can't get but so close amen that's the way Christians are hey, every one of us is like one side of the nine volt battery hey man you put uh, you touch both of us and it's on amen I mean praise God we're wanting to get in where the glory's at we're wanting to have a star charge about us hey if they could have got anything but instead they asked for something else they said granted us that we may sit verse 37 one on your right hand and the other on the left hey he asked the same question to two days. he asked the same question to James and John that he did to blind Bartimaeus but only one answer aligned with the word of God only one answer glorified God and only one ended up in others serving God too hey James and John's result their answer was going to cause conflict in the crowd but blind Bartimaeus he's going to cause another blind man to get his eyes open here's what I'm saying how God help us when the power of God's present and he's wrote a blank check and said all you got to do is fill it in help us to think about others my pastor used to say this joy Jesus first others second yourself last that's when you experience joy and all God's people said amen hey listen not only and go back to our text not only in Luke 5 they thought the demonstration of God the power of God must have been strange to them it should have been normal it should have been I, I, I was in a meeting not long ago at Brother Ricky Granville's. I was sitting back in the back and uh, man it got on I mean thick and I, I don't know what all was going on I can't even remember it all there was folks in the aisle, folks in, in the altar, folks shouting. There was one little girl got up. She shouted her out, sound like a Comanche Indian. I'd love to have Comanche Indians in my church. I can't stand it when wooden Indians show up. Say amen. Amen, amen. They look like it, but they ain't got nothing to it. Or y'all know I'm right. Amen. Hallelujah. And I thought, my God, it was on. And old brother Chris said, that y'all heard preach over at New Freedom, he looked at me, he said, Whoa! It's about to get normal. I said, Amen. And I went to doing the foxtrot. Amen. I say, Hallelujah. We ought to have a little something in us. Thank God. I say, Glory be to God. When the power of God shows up, let's get in on it. Let's get, don't be ashamed of it. Don't sit there. This ain't a spectator sport. Hey, this ain't an NBA game. Hey, this is jump in and get it. Hey, we want you to jump in with both hands. You saved, you got a right to say hallelujah. You've got a right to say glory to God. Everybody try this with me. Lift your hands. The Bible said lift up your hands in the sanctuary. Everybody go, whoa. The Bible said shout into a voice of triumph. If you saved, you got a right to say amen. We got a right to get in on what's going on. Hey, the power of God's present. They, they said it's strange what we've seen today. 
Why is it become strange when the power of God shows up? Listen, if you never get beside yourself, I doubt you've ever got in. Amen. Say amen right there. Look at verse number 18. Look at verse 18. Luke 5, verse 18. Not only do we see a demonstration of the power of God, we see a, der- a, a, a determination by the people of God. Look what the Bible says. And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay, look at that, him before him. Now you say, preacher, I don't see what the big deal is. Well, I just like to get the whole panoramic view, and I want to make sure I get it all in the context. And so I had to go back to Luke chapter number two, and what I saw, hey man, I blow my mind. We see it a little bit in Luke's account. The Holy Ghost has allowed Luke to tell us that the only way that palsy man got to Jesus was he had to be toted by other people. I just want to ask you how many people you carried the church on your back lately? How many of you? you amen, preacher. Boy, I didn't know it was going to get quiet. Say amen. Amen. Thank God. I'm enough of a fisherman. I'll just circle the law till I get unhung. Amen. Somebody help me. Amen. I wish I had some help out there. Y'all know I'm right. We need to do more about getting others here. That's what I, would y'all agree with that? We need less church vans if we just fill our van up. Amen. I wonder how many people do what they can to get others here. And God help us to do that. There was a determination about the people of God. They're going to say, we've seen strange things. They thought it was strange to see God's people so determined. I tell young people all the time, I use uh, Mark 2 and Luke 5 as a prime example. Man, don't miss church. It gets liable to get crazy up in there. Don't miss church. If they, they missed church that day, and they missed it one time when the shingles got to being tore off. Amen. I mean, great God, it got on at the house of God. I'd like for it to get on that good. Wouldn't that be so good? The house of God packed. Hey, man, ceiling tile go to flying everywhere, and somebody brings in. Hey, man, I wish I'd have planned that out. Amen. Hey, man, the, where's the drama team at? Hallelujah. Had I been a blessing? Amen. I, I'm talking about it. Got on at the house of God. Now, in Luke and Mark chapter 2, here's what it says. It said he was born of four. The house was filled. He was born of four. Don't get upset at me, but four of a kind always beat a full house. Amen. <laughs> Say amen right there. Oh, my God. It don't matter how full the house is. If we can get four people like-minded, it'll be the full house. Amen. Hallelujah. And they brought that. They was determined, friend. They didn't let nothing stop them. I just wonder today, I wonder today, what excuses people used for not coming to church. I'd say at least the majority of them were reasons to be at church. Our dear friend right here would have had most folks would have said he had a good reason to minister to others to me. But you know what he said? He said, I need to come get my battery charged. I need to get some help from God. Hey, I'm telling you, when people hurt, they don't need to flee the house of God. They need to get help from the house of God. I love to see the people of God determined. Listen, they were determined. Would y'all agree with that? According to Mark chapter number two, they were four. 
men like-minded. Now notice this. They had obstacles to get past. Look at verse 2. There was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. Hey, man, that's what the Bible says. Look in verse number 4. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, I'm talking about determination. Man, I love folks that get determined. They're going to worship God, sink or swim, friend. Thank God they're going to do right. This crowd was determined in spite of the obstacles that they faced. Now, I'm going to tell you, they had a lot of obstacles. They had a crowd. They had a crowd there. But they didn't let the crowd keep them from the Lord. I'm reminded about Mark chapter number 5. That woman with the issue of blood. Y'all remember her? That woman with the issue of blood had it for 12 years. You don't have to agree with me. You want to think what you think, that's fine. You ain't going to change my mind, okay? I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. Wasting time trying to change my mind. But in, in Mark chapter 5. You find a woman that's had an issue of blood for 12 years. According to the book of Leviticus, uh, they were to be separated from family. They were to be separated from worship sanctuary. They were to be separated completely socially from everything and everybody while they had the issue of blood. She's had it for 12 years, spent everything she had. She's broke now. And in other words, she hadn't seen her family, hadn't seen her dog. Now, here we have a man named Jairus. He's got a daughter that's dead, and she's, guess what, how old? 12 years old. A lot of times women would have the issue of blood when they gave birth. Now, you don't have to agree with it, but here's what I think. I think that was the mama of that girl, and God not only got that girl to him, hey, man, but he healed that daughter and reunited a family in Mark chapter 5. You say, I don't agree with it. Well, I've seen him do it before. Amen. <laughs> he can do it again. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've seen him do it before. That one with the issue of blood didn't let that crowd. Remember, I, remember the Bible says, who touched me? And they said, Lord, how did what do you mean who touched me? The crowd's thronging you. I mean, you can't hear. Everybody's bumping him, but only one touched him. Here's what I'm saying. This, this crowd, here these four men, had obstacles of a crowd. They didn't let the crowded people keep them from getting their friend to where the Lord was. I wonder, oh my God, what family members are you going to use as an excuse I, I like what Paul asked that Galatian crowd. Whom, who does hinder you? Hey, sometimes it's people that hinders us. Maybe, maybe it's not family. Maybe it's friends. Right. Amen. If you can't find Jesus among your friends, get some new ones. Right. Say amen right there. Amen. Hey, man, maybe it's foes. Maybe it's people that don't like you and you don't like him. I'm going to tell you what, get right with God. You'll love everybody. Amen. Hey, man, you might not like them, but you'll love them. Hallelujah. Hey, man, the Bible says that she didn't let the crowd. That was an obstacle for her, the crowd, but not just the crowd. Notice this. They didn't let the climb. They had to climb up on top of that house. They had to labor. They had to carry that sinner. They had to bring that sinner under their own strength. He had no strength strength to help himself. They didn't let the climb. I wonder what hills you're going to have to climb. What hardships you're going to have to endure. I don't know how faithful you're going to have to stay in the field while that prodigal's out in the oil pan. But can I just say it'll be worth it all. How hard the climb. How hard the fight. It'll be worth it when he's sitting back at the house of God with you. Hey, they didn't let the crowd. They didn't let the climb. And they didn't let the clay. That's what the roof was made out of. Amen. They, they 
jerk the shingles off. And clay in the Bible is a picture of your flesh. You remember when Jesus was doing that first miracle at a wedding? Even he likes weddings. He went to a wedding. That's the only reason I go to a wedding. <laughs> Amen. I about ready to preach a funeral then I had a wedding. But anyway, amen. They went to the wedding. And you know the first thing he did was take clay plots, ask them, fill it with water, and then turn it to wine. Now, every wino knows that in Holden Beach. They asked me, preacher, what you going to do with that? I said, find that wine. You can drink all you want to. Never get drunk. Say amen. But there's a picture there. There's an application. We have an earthen vessel. And when the preacher fills you with the water of the word, yeah, come on, come on. good God, that word. Hey, man, the Holy Ghost will get in that thing and turn it into wine, which is the joy of the Holy Ghost presence of God. Amen. Hey, thank God for the clay. Don't let your flesh hinder you from getting somebody to the house of God, getting them to Jesus. They didn't let the clay, didn't let the climb, didn't let the crowd. They had obstacles. That ain't all they had. Listen, they weren't going to miss an opportunity. Look what the Bible said in verse number four. They had an opportunity to let their burden down. That's what the Bible says. They were going to lay their load to Jesus. They, their whole load was the burden of another soul. Man, in case I don't get there, let me just go ahead and say it. I wonder, I wonder sometimes when folks don't rejoice... Have they got over getting over? Have they got over the fact that Jesus has saved them, written their name in the Lamb Book of Life, and the devil don't have a pencil or an eraser big enough to get it out of there? Have they ever got over the fact? Does, in other words, does salvation not bless you? Amen. Does souls not burden you? Does, 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 hey, does sin not bother you? If, if them three things, if sin don't bother you, souls don't burden you, and being saved don't bless you, you cold, indifferent, backslid as a billy goat, somebody said amen. And that's why you're butting everything instead of buying at everything. Amen. Help us, Lord, to be the sheep God wants us to be. Hey, man, don't let obstacles stand in your way. But thank God, don't miss an opportunity. The Bible says they let their burden down, that one they carried. But not only that, they got to lay their burden at the Lord's feet. But that old boy got to lift something up. There was a letting down and there was a lifting up. Remember what the Lord said? He said, take up your bed and walk. Why? He could have just said, get up and walk because it was going to be a testimony. Amen, that I'm carrying the thing that I was carried in here on. Amen. Amen, sin might have carried you as far as it could take you. And under the conviction of the Holy Ghost, he brought you to Jesus full of sin, bound and lame. Amen, and determined to die and go to hell. But when Jesus saves you, you can thank God, shout to victory. That sin has no more dominion over you. Amen, and great God, I've got a testimony. I was in the slop but God's brought me out and saved me amen there's a letting down of burdens there's a lifting up of blessings amen the opportunities to get blessed don't miss it amen there was a determination of the people of God no matter what obstacles I'm going to take advantage of my opportunity and I'm going to get blessed but then notice this there's going to be some observers of everything that's going on 
there's going to be some observers. Amen. And they're going to be impressed. Look at look in verse 12. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were, what did that say? All amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw it on this fashion. Uh-oh. There were some observers that got impressed. Amen. Obstacles, thank God, to get past. Opportunities to get blessed. And some observers that got impressed. They saw a man get satisfied, got exactly what he was wanting. They saw the Lord get identified because the Bible says, the Bible says they glorified God. When Jesus healed the man, they recognized him as God. I say hallelujah, amen. Amen. They never saw it on this fashion. They were mesmerized. They couldn't believe it. They ain't never saw it like that. Amen. So go back to Luke in chapter number 5. Notice with me in our text. Amen. In Luke chapter number 5. Not only do we see the determination of the people of God. Not only do we see the power of God present. But look at this right here. Not only that, but look at the declaration of the promise of God. Look what the Bible says in verse number 20. And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. Here's what I'm saying. Of everything that's went on, the power of God was present to heal. The people of God are determined to get their friend to the Lord to be healed. And right now the Bible says they're going to trust in the promises of God. Amen. To do the healing. That's the problem with a lot of us. Amen. I, I mean God has said some things and we're doubting the things that he said. Notice what the Bible says. Amen. In verse 20. When, they saw, when he saw their faith. We need to take God at his word. We need to believe the promises of God. I was reading old Octavius Winslow. He's an old writer from back in 1800s. I love them old writers. All my favorite writers are dead. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen, preacher. Hey, they are. Hallelujah. Most of them now are too light. They don't give you much. But boy, Octavius Winslow, he said, man, I'm going to tell you what. I get to thinking about this text and the thing that pops out to my mind, that God in his Bible has given us 366 promises. And I thought to myself, that ain't what I heard. I always heard there was 365. One for every day. Octavius Winslow went on to say, you might have heard there was 365. They missed one. And he went over to Romans chapter number 10 and said, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in thine heart, God hath reason thou shalt be saved. That's a promise. He said, boy, they sure forgot the best one. He said, I'll tell you what God's done. He's gave us 366. That's one for every day and two when it's really rough. Amen. I say hallelujah. Would y'all agree with that? These days we've been living in, amen, we need more than one a day. I went on to read another filler. can't remember who he was. This is what he said. He said, if you break all the promises down to every single individual thing that they promise, there's thousands. I said, I like his better. Amen. Whoa! I need a bunch every single day. And here's what happened. They believed the power of God. They believed the presence of God. They believed the promises of God. They believed the preaching of God. They didn't doubt a thing. They took God 
for his word. And they left out of there having their prayers answered. I just wonder today, what is it that you're not taking God's word on? If he's big enough to save your soul, don't you think he's big enough to handle all your problems? Has he just saved you to leave you like an orphan to fight your way there? No. God has saved you, sealed you, and sent you a companion to go with you. Had the Bible said he's succoring us. Now you say, preacher, what is that? I don't know how to explain it except Green Creek terms. So here it is. And, and they used to be in Pizza Hut. Ain't there now. It's an Italian restaurant. It's how bad it was. But there was a Pizza Hut in Landrum. Remember that one? It's right there near the school. And uh, the Pizza Hut used to have, when I was a kid, mazes on the back. Y'all ever, y'all ever seen them? Start, finish. Well, I could never get them unless I started from the finish line. Y'all laughing. Y'all done it too. Anybody here be honest? Boy, they, we need to pray today. Hey, some folks, hey, some folks ain't being honest. Hey, have you ever done what you could to finish the puzzle? Say amen. Here's what happened. I could get it from the finish line. Here's what that word sucker means. He's been touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He knows everything that we'll ever face. You say, preacher, that certain drug, that certain... He's been tempted in all things, all areas, all walks of life, every other influences. I mean, where do you think opium and all that? Where do you think... I, hey, it ain't just popped up. Amen. It's been here. He was touched and yet without sin. In other words, he's done been through... The word sucker means to grab me by the hand and take me back through. He, hey, he's coming. He's already finished. He's coming back to get me. He knows the way, friend. Oh, I'm so glad he knows the way I take. I like old Corey Tim Boom. She used to rescue Jews from Nazi Germany. And uh, she went in there one time, had to dive in a bomb shelter. There's a bunch of folks in there. Bombs is going off everywhere. And she's sleeping like a baby. And they, what, they wake her up the next morning and say, okay, we're ready to leave the Allied bombers and the German bombers. Uh, they quit bombing. How could you sleep? She said, well, I read the other day in my devotional that he need neither slumbers nor sleep. Ain't no sense of both of us being awake. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Church, I'm saying God knows what he's doing. You don't have to lose sleep. He's watching over you. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open on their prayers, and the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. He hears you, and if you'll get your heart right with God and deal with sin in your life, I'm going to tell you what will help, help you. He'll let you know he heard you. Ain't you glad he's got your best interest in mind? Corey Tim Boone says, With God, hey, there's plans. With man, there's panic. I'm going to take God's side. Amen. We need to trust the Lord. Hallelujah. They take God at his word. But then notice the latter part of verse 20. Not only only did they take God at his word, the declaration of the promises of God. They took God. They believed him by faith. They saw, he saw their faith. But the second part of verse 20 is where a lot of us get hung up. The Bible says Jesus dealt with the man's sin. He said, thy sins are forgiven thee. 
See, here's, here's where a lot of us, see, we, we love to quote that Second Chronicles passage. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from at the point of their turning. Then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, heal their land. We must be okay with what's going on in America because I doubt we're praying like we should be praying. Somebody say amen. If y'all don't feel convicted, pray for me. I got to get an altar in a little bit. God help us to pray more than we've been praying. It ain't a time just to continue like we've been praying. 2021 is calling for more prayer. Say amen. We got to step it up. But here's the problem. We're not willing to deal with sin. Come on, man. I, I don't know nothing about I don't know nothing about charter fishing. I might get to go if if it don't storm. <laughs> it's gonna be my first trip. Right. I figure I'm a little nervous about sharks. I'm on a boat called Trinity. I ought to be okay. <laughs> would y'all would y'all agree? I mean, help us, Lord. Yeah. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost better it's got my back. Right. Amen. Two folk that love Jesus. Say, oh, thank God. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm hoping we're going to go. I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous about it. Ain't never been, but I'm wanting wanting to hook him fish. Y'all with me? I'm wanting to hook him. I'm going to drag them in. I told my boys today, I said, reckon mama's warm enough to drag one of them in. She said, I might not be, but I got some boys that can. Amen. Amen. I want to see her drag one in. If I'll, I'll send you one, post it for me. Amen. Thank God. I, I want to see it happen, friend. I, I, believe, I believe if we'll just trust God, it'll happen. Say amen. amen. But here, here's the thing. When I, when I go out on something like that, I'm always asking the Lord, Lord, if I leave here today, is there anything between me and you? I know I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven. I want to make sure things is right. And, and, and here's the problem. I don't know nothing about charter. But I know on them big boats, when they get in trouble sometimes, according to Acts 28, Paul's shipwrecked. There's a lifeboat back there. And it's held by a rope. Paul said, if we're going to make it to shore, we're going to have to trust the ship. We're going to have to cut the ropes. We're going to have to let her drive. Get man's. Y'all, y'all check this out. Not one time has a boat made it to shore in the Bible by the effort of man. Don't see it. Don't see it. God has to get them there. Not one time do you see. See, that's the problem. Our, we get in the middle of a storm. Our, our boat goes to rocking, and we want to break the oars out. I, I mean, what, what we got to do is just, it's going to take the wind to fill the sails. Would y'all agree with me? If God don't, if the Holy Ghost don't blow on the sail, we're not going to make it. I don't care what place you look in the Bible. Every time they was to the shore, Jesus come to the shore. Now, God done that. He told them they was going to make it, but they didn't trust his word. They didn't trust his power. They didn't trust his presence. And the problem was they had sin that they wouldn't deal with. Here, here, here. Isaiah talks about sin. You pull behind you like a little cart rope. You don't let nobody see it. But when ain't nobody looking, you pull it in, pet it, 
and then let it back out. Jesus said there's got to, you got to deal with the problem between you and God. Thy sins be forgiven thee. You say, preacher, I don't, I don't like that kind of preaching. It's the truth, friend. And, and, and here's the problem. we got to deal with sin. Got a light in the load. There's some stuff we got to junk. Hey, hey, would y'all agree? Hey, this ain't the love boat. It's a battleship. Hey, man, we, we in a battle, friend, for the souls of mankind. For the soul of this country, a nation that forgets God shall be turned into hell. We've got to, the children of God. He didn't say if the world, the White House, the public school. If my people which are called by my name. We've got to get serious about dealing with sin. You say Jesus didn't do that. Oh, yes, I beg to differ. And John chapter number four, when he met the woman at the well, he said, won't you go call your husband? He said, I ain't got one. He said, I know you don't. You done have five and you shacked up now. Somebody say amen. It was shacking up was wrong then, it's wrong now. Preach, preacher. Preach, preacher. Preach on. Thank you. Amen. That's exactly everybody right. Preaching. Amen. The true sin needs to be dealt with. And you know what the problem was? Here's the problem. It really wasn't. She had looked for the right kind of man to give her the love she needed. Y'all figure it out. Five husbands. Shacked up with one. That's six. I ain't got, I, won't, I probably won't get to preach it. I preach on Jesus. He's the seventh one. There's six wagons. He's the seventh one. There's six cities of refuge. He's the seventh one. She's looking for man. She done went through six, but that day she met the seventh one. Somebody hold my meal. I gotta take a lap right quick. I say hallelujah. Whoa! Hallelujah! Yes, sir. I say glory to God. He's exactly what you're looking for. But if you're gonna have a relationship with him, you're gonna have to get rid of that other and say, Amen. You're gonna have to deal with sin. You're gonna have to deal with sin. He said, Thy sins be forgiven. Eli didn't deal with sin at the house of God. It filled up the house of God. God let the glory depart. His sons died. The ark was taken. And a nation was judged. Preachers and pews have to deal with sin. I'm not saying we're perfect. We're not putting on a facade. We're not trying to act like, but we admit we're a failure. We admit we're a mess. And we need him to fix us up. Would y'all say amen? My stepdaddy's in the restoring business. He loves to restore dodges. I know what y'all think. And I wish he'd put in a good word for me. I can't even put in a good. I've been begging for a roadrunner for I don't know how long. Hey, man, but I, I would like, he restores them. He puts them on a rotisserie. Puts new kind of disc brakes on them. They better when he gets done than when that boy, ain't you glad? Boy, Jesus believes in the, in the junk business. Amen. He sees something that other people don't see. Woo! And preacher, you probably honest. If people don't deal with sin, here's what happens. I preached a message one time on heading for the junkyard. How do you know you're heading for the junkyard? I'll tell you how. You go to knocking. Everything the preacher says, amen. Amen. You go to running hot. (laughs) You go to running low on Holy Ghost oil. Y'all know I'm right. Hey, you you got a water leak. Amen. Hallelujah. 
You're headed for the junk pile. Hey, man, you know you are. If you don't get sin dealt with, are y'all right? Are y'all with me? Lastly, dealing with the problem that was between them and God. They said it was strange. People preaching on sin. People dealing with sin. Who does he think he is? He acts like he's God. Hello. In the flesh. For real. Amen. In the flesh. God with you. He couldn't, they couldn't get it. It was missing it. I don't know what was going on, but I have to believe this. If you will deal with sin, if you'll take God at his promises and believe his word, if you will be determined on getting to God all your problems, your cares, and the souls you're burdened for, if you will trust and get in and enjoy the presence of God, it will always lead to verse 26. Look at verse 26. And they were delighting in the presence of God. Notice what the Bible says. They were all amazed and they glorified God. <laughs> Woo! Amen. Glorify God is what we're designed to do. That's why he created us to glorify God. That's what believers desire to do. Maybe we've forgotten Hebrews 13, 15. Here's what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Nobody brought a turtle dove. Anybody bring a turtle dove? Anybody bring a turtle dove? I feel like an auctioneer, turtle dove, turtle dove. Anybody got a turtle dove? Anybody got a lamb? Anybody got a lamb, lamb, lamb? Anybody got a lamb? Anybody got an ox? You bring an ox? You kill an ox? No, he didn't do that. All you got to do is offer one sacrifice. That's the praise of God. Give, give thanksgiving. How long has it been since somebody heard you say, thank the Lord for saving my soul? I'm going to give you a chance right now. How about everybody say with me, thank you, Lord. Say it with me like you mean it. Thank you, Lord. Say it with me like you just won the lottery. I won't tell. Say, thank you, Lord. I seen a woman down there at BP in Landrum. She she hit the lottery for three hundred dollars. You'd have thought she hit ten million dollars. She knocked stuff over, went out the door, <laughs> screaming and hollering. I asked her, I said, how much you spend on that? She said, well, I mean, I spent about five, but I won three. I said, whoopee-dee-doo. Amen. I, I didn't pay nothing for salvation. It's full, it's free, and it's final. It pays eternal dividends. It don't fluctuate with the economy. It don't have to run out. I don't stand in line. God don't treat me like a stepchild. In fact, he don't even have grandchildren. He's got sons and daughters. I'm glad I got a front row seat. I've got a seat reserved for me. I've got a robe made for me. I've got a mansion prepared for me. I say hallelujah. Don't let your heart be troubled, church. You believe in God, believe also in me, he said. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'd go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I'll come again and receive it myself. 
at where I am there you may be also it's going to be noisy he said the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of an archangel and the trump of God shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and somebody give me a saddle amen and so shall we ever be with the Lord at work for comfort one another with these words this ain't it church hey we're getting out of here one day we're going to take off like Superman come back riding a white horse like the Lone Ranger I say hallelujah God's real heaven's real being saved is real you can bank on his promises you can believe his precepts his word hey let's get in his presence let's deal with sin that problem in our life and praise God when it's all said and done let's participate in praising him would y'all agree with me we need to praise him we're running low on praise amen God help us not to get over praising him reminds me one time preached the message. I think it was Psalms 34. I can't never remember them when I'm trying to pray, but when I'm preaching something else, I can remember. I preached the message one time on lookout. I'm about to shout. <laughs> hey, you, you know you know what I was reading? That text where it says, hey, blessed is the man whose transgressions Oh, are y'all listening? I said, look out, I'm about to shout. Amen. Amen. Church, what I'm saying is that day on the cross of Calvary, when Jesus died as your substitute and mine, he, he, he didn't just, he just didn't die for your sin. Paul made it real. He said he became sin for us. Every dirty word I ever said Every time I ever took his name in vain, he became that. Every time I ever did run around wicked, he became that. So he became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I'm saved today by the grace of God. My problem's been dealt with at Calvary. Your problem's been dealt with. Hey, the God's made a way for you to be saved. If you're here lost listening by way of the internet, Facebook, or wherever platform, hey, today's the day, and now's the time. Repent, turn from your problem. Trust in the presence of God. Believe his promises. You can be saved today. Hallelujah. You can enjoy worship. Right. Amen. I remember, I, I'm not trying to get you to agree with me, but I believe y'all will. I, I remember being saved. I probably wasn't saved about six months. And I've been praying. I told you about it a little bit. I've been to camp meeting revival, camp meeting revival. Something was I know I saved, but man, I, it's just me. I ain't trying to brag, but I don't know how to tell you. It's just the way I am. In basic training, I was lost, man. I want to do my best. I, I got to graduate the distinguished undergrad of Oklahoma, Fort Sill, Oklahoma. 
I tried every, every training. I'll get that top percentile. I PLDC, when I made the master sergeant list, everything I did, I wanted to do my best. I, when I was lost and then when I went back in, when I saved, I wanted sure enough to do my best. I didn't want them to say, that old preacher, that old chaplain trainer, boy, I'm telling you right now, he gets out of stuff. I know, sir, there's enough of them in the military. I didn't want to be one of them. Hey, man, I, got, I had the privilege to preach to the Secretary of the Army. Had four or three-star generals come to service, and I busted their hide like I did anybody else. You would tell what to help you when you see a one-star general crawl to the altar and get oh, saved. Yeah. Good God. I'm going to run just because I'm remembering it. Amen. I'm talking about how to help you. Because, look, when you go into church, there ain't no rank. Amen. We all need Jesus. Would everybody say amen? But I'm telling you, Oh, what a privilege that was. I have never wanted to just get by. Yeah. And we're living in a day when folks think, well, I'll just, I mean, if so-and-so shouts, we've had a good service. What's wrong with you? Wow. How long has it been since you shouted? Come on, man. How long has it been since you testified in church? Has your wife ever even heard you pray in the Holy Ghost? Has your kids ever seen you get sideways? I like it one time I was praying in my prayer study and my little boy heard me and I was squalling crying out to God and, and I, I was scared to look I mean it was one of them times you felt like Moses and Elijah showed up I mean it, <laughs> communion you know I felt like I could see the, I, the, I was afraid of my eyes afraid that I'd see his feet I was, it was that well, I, I wished I could say every time I prayed but it ain't like that but boy this time was and my little boy he was six years old I could feel him cry, climbing up underneath of me. And he was looking right up at me and wiping the tears as fast as they. And I thought, boy, God, please, always let my boy remember that, he, that I was praying in the Holy Ghost at least one time. Hey, I, I'm just telling you, church, how long has it been since you've gotten the glory? How long has it been since you bragged on the Lord? How long has it been since you thank God? Hey, we're, we're, we're doing our best uh, to share with you what God's laid on our heart so that we might, as a church, experience revival. Here's, here's what I desire. And Ezra chapter 3, when they got revival, they came as one man. Man. They rebuilt the altars. They started rebuilding the house of God, and that crowd started shouting. Now there was a crowd griping, but they couldn't hear the griping for all the shouting. Is what Ezra three says. And I'm telling you, we need to shout louder than that crowd gripes. We need to get in the glory. At the end of this thing, all glorified God. All were amazed. All got in the worship. How long has it been? since everybody not just the singers not just the preacher but everybody got in the glory and wanted to worship God in spirit and in truth let's all stand would you all stand here's what I want to ask you when it was all said and done they said man we sing some strange things today what I'm saying is in the day we live in what I'm scared is it's becoming strange at church. It's becoming strange among believers. So I want to ask you, is it common in your life to trust his word, to believe his promises, to get in his presence, presence to deal with the problem of your sin, 
See, we're good at pointing everybody else's sin out. It don't say confess everybody else's sin. It don't say turn from their sin. It says turn from your sin. You know what's going on in your mind. You know what you're dealing with. And then how long has it been since you enjoyed the presence of God and worshipped him in real praise and worship? See, he says, shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Me and my sons, if, if, if the music players, if y'all don't mind to come, whoever's going to sing, whatever the preacher's got in store, me and my son sitting on the beach out here holding, looking out at the water. I said, son, it's beautiful, ain't it? Our Savior measured the waters in that hollow part of one of his hands. If he did that with one church, what could he do with two? Oh, I know. I'll show you. That right there is what he did with two. He measured the waters. Every There's no new water. It's recycled. Every mud hole, every creek, every stream, every ocean, every bit of water that's ever been on planet Earth or around it, it's been measured in a, in a hollow part of his hand. Every bit of water. That's what he did with one. And he wrote your name in one. And he went to Calvary with both. He thought so much of you, he went after you with both hands. This one knee praying, I've seen, here's, here's Independent Baptist uh, hand lifting. So, so rigid. I mean, you do that at the ball field. That's my boy. If Junior hits a home run, you climb the fence. How long? Listen, we got something better than the Super Bowl. It's the Glory Bowl. You can dive in with both hands and worship God because they believe the promises, because they enjoyed his presence, because they believed his precepts, trusted his word, dealt with the problem of their sin that they had in their own life and got it forgiven. Then they could participate in praise. What's holding you back? I'm just trying to get everybody to get on board the hallelujah ship. Because we fix them pull out of here. This boat's having a time. All on board. Thank God, let's load up. I one time lied to my daddy. Well, let me, a bunch. But I'm talking about one time. Said I went to the football game, but I went to a party. And I, all I had to do was go by Pope Central. Because you could see couldn't see the scoreboard but you could see the bleachers and you know how I knew because daddy was going to ask me who won you know how I knew who won whatever one was on their feet the one that was shouting the loudest <laughs> somebody help me <laughs> what I'm saying is does anybody know you're on the winning side are you happy about Let's worship him today. Father, we love you. Have your way, Lord. Bless them as they sing. God, help us just to bring all those burdens that we have and, and do like they did. Let the burdens down so that we can lift some blessings up.
We've got to let some burdens down before we can lift some blessings up. Lord, help us to do that. Help us to mind you. Help us to come like-minded and, and, and join together, not caring about the obstacles, taking every opportunity to see people's minds blowed. Watch them be saying, we ain't never seen it on this fashion before. God, help us to come to church every day and say, my Lord, it was on down at church. God, I love you today. Please forgive me of my sin. Help us to worship you. Lord, we're not worshiping you because we're worthy. We're worshiping you because you're worthy. The bill is due. And you said in the Psalms, give the glory, D-U-E, his name. Glory is due your name. So help us, Lord, whether we feel we're worthy or not, to give you the glory that's due your name. Let us offer the sacrifice of praise continually, giving thanks, the fruit of our lips. God, we love you today. Please send revival, help. Thank you for helping the pastor and his family. God, continue to help me to be a blessing to them. Help me to be a blessing to the church. They've sure been good to us. Help me just give them what you gave me. That we can go toward the good things of God with both hands in. Holding back nothing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Strange. Strange. and worship with, with one question and, and it's a question that's been put to me this evening maybe not from the words of the mouth of the preacher but the unction of the Holy Ghost could it be could, could it be that we don't see strange things because we've settled for the same thing We, we, we have a tendency to lock into patterns. We, we, we come in and, and, and we, can, we can expect the service is going to go this way. We're, we're, we're going we're gonna to have an invocation and we're going to sing four songs the preacher's going to deliver a message we're going to have an invitation and then we're going to go home and I'm afraid that if if we're not careful we, we can truly miss a revival that God wants to do because we're satisfied with the same thing. I, I don't know if it was my 
messed up imagination or, or the Spirit of God. But, 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 but I've been just really perplexed with this thought all day today. I've had a good day today. Don't get me wrong. But that thought is this. If, if you want to change your prize, you got to first change your game. The Bible says, as you sow, so shall you reap. And Tim, I'm just thoroughly convinced that God's always willing to do his part. And if something's holding anything back, it's not him. It's so so in 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 way of or by way of challenge tonight. What is that same thing that you just keep settling on and settling for? God's laid his finger on it and he's laid his finger on it and he's laid his finger on it. I'm with, I'm with Shane. If anybody's got anything to shout about, it's us. Amen? They were heard round about the very nations around the nation of Israel. Think about that for just a moment. They could hear their worship. They could hear their shout. And, and, hey, if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes folks stand right outside of our church building and they wouldn't know there's anybody on the inside if it wasn't for the amplified music. Amen. So, so I, I would just invite you tonight to join me in the altar. This vision begins to, to, to lead us in worship. And, and maybe there's something you need to come down here and unload. I can promise you there is revival, but revival is only on the other side of repentance. God doesn't bless disobedience, but he will bless repentance. Amen? And maybe you just want to find yourself a place in this altar tonight and give God some glory. There was a time when it might not have been four, but there was somebody that God used in your life maybe to bring you to a church building but regardless to bring you to a cross I'm thinking about those people that God used in my life to see me saved maybe you just want to find a place in the altar this evening and just give him some praise and some glory maybe you even want to shout Johnny Johnny got saved in a Burger King bathroom I will never forget that testimony as we begin to sing glory, won't you come won't you come, Blair? Hallelujah. That makes people go to Burger King and shout. 